Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, April 9th, we look at Lesson 2, The Fall. Together, let's see God's eternal plan even in the midst of a degraded decision. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 2, The Fall, and our memory text comes from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And it says here, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Once again, that's Genesis 3.15. Yeah, what a beautiful promise of the whole story, plan of redemption. Yeah. Great controversy right here at the very beginning of beginnings. Yeah, I love it. We're going to dig into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. here later. But God has a plan for us. He always has. It's true. And uh, hopefully we're we're joining him in that plan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, not exactly a part of the plan, but, you know, kind of a monkey wrench of the plan. Michael, tell us a little bit about Sunday's lesson, The Serpent. Yeah. So the question is, is if you believe that uh, in the whole creation account here, which is what this whole lesson is about, right? Yeah, Genesis right? And, and so on. Well, part of it explains how we got to our sinful human condition that we have here today. And where that starts is the theme of this week's lesson, the fall. And if you believe that there was a fall, then there had to have been uh, someone who uh, precipitates or causes or is a catalyst for that fall, right? Right. <coughs> Excuse me. And and that is the serpent. And that's what the text here says, Genesis chapter 3. Verses 1 and 2, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. So there's this dialogue that happens. And so um, there's a real serpent, but uh, it, even more real is is the scriptures identify who that serpent is, the enemy of God. Uh, Lucifer, or specifically the devil or Satan. Mm -hmm. And so this demonic uh, figure uh, entices the woman, entices Adam and Eve ultimately into uh, the forbidden fruit, and uh, there is sin. Um, Interestingly, I just listened uh, uh, to the uh, Ellen White Symposium at Andrews yesterday. There is a paper by my good friend Judd Lake, who is talking about um, extraterrestrial uh, beings mm. in Ellen White's writings and a uh, very fascinating uh, kind of thing. If, if you believe that Satan's real, um, part of what you know Ellen White makes uh, an allusion to is this idea that the devil must have gone to other worlds, unfallen worlds, because if they're unfallen, they had to have said no, right? They had to have uh, disregarded uh, Satan. And so there's this cosmic struggle going on where Satan is attacking the very character of God, who God Mm -hmm. is, his throne, his authority, his governance of the universe. And uh, so because of that, we have to believe, we see in this cosmic context that there is something beyond. We... You know, people are searching with radio telescopes and all kinds of things for for signs of life, yes, right? They are. Uh, and um, I don't know what that looks like, 
except that uh, the Bible indicates that that there's something beyond, and right. and so uh, and what's important for our human context is that the serpent, the devil, is real and tempted. Well, Adam and Eve, and right. that's where we get to the next part of our story here, the forbidden fruit. Buster, um, what kind of fruit was it? It was an apple? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> why, why do we even think that? <laughs> uh, you know, someone recently had a sticker on the back of their Mac, right? Yeah. And it had a serpent surrounding the Oh, you're the kidding. Are apple. you serious? <laughs> yes, oh. it's, it's hilarious. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, he doesn't tell us what kind of fruit it was, but it All does right. give us instructions for the fruit, right? Uh, now... Uh, Genesis 2, 16 through 17. Yeah. I won't exactly read that. I will read Genesis 3, uh, one, uh, verse 6. Mm. Um, well, actually, verse 4. Because God tells them yeah. that you can touch any tree except for the tree that's in the middle, right? Yeah. Uh, and he tells them, you shall surely die. And the enemy comes in mm-hmm. with a blatant lie. Verse mm. uh, Genesis 3, verse 4. Mm-hmm. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You will mm-hmm. not surely die. And we see here that's uh, falsity, right? Yeah. Uh, what's what's really interesting here? It says compare this with John eight forty four, which talks about Satan being the father of all lies. Right. And what's really interesting about that that word lies is it's pseudo, right? Yeah. That's uh, where we get our term pseudonym from. Oh. Uh, the correct oh, yeah. another another way yeah. of looking at it is falsifier. I didn't know that. Interesting. Right. Yeah, no, I was, I was huh. looking at it earlier, Michael. And, cool. And and so we see here that's what he does. He falsifies yeah. things. Mm-hmm. He's still doing it, even yeah. in the midst of the church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting brother against brother, sister yeah. against sister. Yeah. Trying to be polarizing, and this is exactly <clears throat> what this was: polarizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it really good or is it really bad? Will I yeah. surely die? Will I be like God? Mm-hmm. And this is a lie that that the enemy shared. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we're faced with as well today. Wow. Uh, we can talk about <clears throat> forbidden fruit, wherever it might be, but it asks this question here. Comparing the words of God's command uh, to mm-hmm. Adam's, uh, uh, to Adam with the serpents to the woman, wow. what are the differences between the speeches, and <clears throat> what is the meaning of these differences? Yeah, you know, just a, a word off, a slight word off, can mix everything up, right? Ooh, uh, we, we we deal with this all the time, Michael. Yeah. The placement of a comma, right? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kristen Dinslow. <clears throat> she, we were talking about the the use of commas the other day. Hey, right? thanks, Chris. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> we think about the thief on the cross, right? right? Today I'll see you in paradise, right? Yeah. Where is that para- What is that? What does that comma go? Mm-hmm. And, and in all this, we're we're called to strive, no matter mm. what. To not allow the extra words, the extra commas into our lives yeah. and get back to the original. What God, what what do you want? What is yeah. it? What what would glorify you? Mm-hmm. And if Eve would have asked herself that question, wow. if Adam would have asked himself sure. that question, or what would glorify you? I yeah. think the, the answer is easily, uh, the truth actually sh- uh, shows itself rather yeah. than yeah. trying to strive <clears throat> to see if we can get away with this mm-hmm. pseudonym, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, and so in all things, hopefully we're doing the same thing rather than asking, mm. can I get away with this? Is yeah. this okay? Yeah. Asking the better question to ask is what will glorify God in this moment? Yeah. yeah. Right. And listen here, I don't live up to that. <laughs> I don't think any of us do Buster. Uh, but I, I, I realized as I was studying this lesson yeah. that sometimes we ask ourselves the wrong question. We allow the wrong question to be asked to us. Ooh. And we need to avert our eyes and our attention back yeah. to the cross, yeah. back to Jesus Christ, back to uh-huh. God, uh-huh. by asking what would actually glorify God, right? Yeah. And so, Michael, tell us about hiding before God, Tuesday's lesson. 
Yeah, like hide and seek. (laughs) 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 Who hasn't played that when they were growing up, right? (laughs) And uh, as a parent... It's always fun when your kids are little. Now my kids are getting big, teenagers. Yeah, can't I don't, believe I don't it. think him and David are playing. Not, not anymore. anymore <laughs> but, but there was a time. Neil and Raina still do. Do they? <laughs> yes, they do. Well, I had a fun thing with my kids. I used to do this thing: fee fi fo thum. I smell the blood of an English muffin. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you have to explain yourself now. <laughs> well, you know the old uh, and and so the end didn't sound quite so palatable. And we like English muffins in our house. And I remember someone said it that way. And so we just made it our own little quirky. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but my kids would love that. And every once in a while, they'll remind me of of the English muffin part. Um, Genesis three. He's asking us this question about Adam and Eve feeling the need to hide. Mm. And we're not talking about hide and seek, playing a game, but we're talking the game of eternal life, uh, the game of, of, of their lives. We're at stake here. And um, you know what's funny is when you do something wrong, you try to cover it up. Well, isn't that just like our our story of our lives? Like, you know, we know we shouldn't be doing something. So, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's still the same truth (laughs) applies, whether maybe it's taxes or something else. We just do it in more sophisticated ways when we're adults. But, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, last week, Heidi made these lovely, lovely, um, I don't know, scones or something like this. Okay. They're sitting on the kitchen counter. Uh Uh-oh. And our lovely dog, Shasta. Shasta. Golden Retriever, for those of you that don't know our dog. Lovable dog. Worst thing he'll ever do is lick ya. Just a lovable dog. And he snitched those things off the counter. (laughs) They were gone. Like, what happened? And that dog went and hid. He knew he'd been bad. He knew he was bad. I mean, so even animals. Shasta, where art thou? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Even animals know when they've done something bad. (laughs) And, you know, this is human nature. Yes, it is. Here is, you know, Adam and Eve are hiding. Mm. And I'm not going to read this whole passage, chapter 3, verses 7 through 13, but I will point out a couple things really quickly. First of all, verse 7, the eyes were opened. It says they were naked and they had to sew fig leaves, all of that stuff. Um, The way that eating the fruit and mistrusting God and bringing sin into the world, um, it did bring knowledge, but not the kind of knowledge that they wanted. Yeah. I mean, who, who wouldn't, if we could, undo... All of the evilness oh. in the world right now, oh. even our own, our, even our own evil. That yeah, we've our, own, created, our, our own. Our, yeah, our exactly. Life. I mean, we just look around us. We've got there's a war going on. Yeah, you know, people are dying. Yeah, mass graves being discovered. Yeah, and the war is just still doesn't look like there's any end in sight. And uh, no, you just see all of this, and you're just like, if 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 there been a, that's that's the knowledge that that nobody wants. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, they hide. God, I love the image of God that uh, is looking. I, I, I always thought, you know, God was someone I had to appease and seek after. But the God of the Bible is the one that's actively looking for Adam and Eve after mm-hmm. they've done wrong. And he's the one that continue, continues to pursue each of our hearts. And God's calling out. He's making that initiative. I love that. Yeah. And then verse 13 
what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Oh. And isn't this the other thing? Not only do we hide, but we tend to deflect. <laughs> Buster, man. It's your fault. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I saw zero responsibility in those, in those uh, verses. Yeah, that's what sin does. Yeah, it does. Just like uh, this blame game, and that's what it's all about. So um, what happens next with the fate of the serpent, Buster? You, you know, Michael, as you're going forward there, um, I, w- I was just thinking to myself, one of the the greatest losses of that time mm. was their loss of innocence. Mm. Yeah, you know? and that's it, a good it, way to put it. Yeah, and not just their guilt of sin, but yeah. the the fact that they were naked and they didn't know it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I remember being a kid, and there's certain things you didn't know, and it's just the, the moment where yeah. your eyes were opened, even to sexuality. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. and you never get that back because uh, yeah. most for most of us, it wasn't in a good way. Right? Mm. Uh, my parents they told me this the speech. Yeah. But by that time in third grade, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, kids have made inappropriate jokes and everything else, yeah. and the wool was already lifted. Yeah. And you don't get mm. the innocence back, and they, they lost that. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what they were actually mourning. They, they yeah. wanted to go back there, but they couldn't. Yeah. And God still said, I have a plan for you, which mm. brings us to Genesis 3.15 and Wednesday's mm-hmm. lesson, The Fate of the Serpent. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. Mm -hmm. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And it asks this question, what did the Lord say to the servant here? And what hope is implied in these verses? This is simply the plan of salvation. Mm. This is the gospel. Yeah. In the book of Genesis, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, God was already in movement, in plan mode. Uh, for us, uh, saying that Jesus was going to come, he's going to crush the enemy's head, but he was going to strike his heel. Yeah. And we see what happens there. It gives us a couple of verses there uh, mm-hmm. towards the middle of Wednesday's lesson. Uh, Genesis 3.15, of course, but then Romans 16, verse 20. I have mm. these highlighted, ready to go. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're still up there. I-, I love how this is Genesis 3.15. It's not quite 3.16, but it's almost, you know, John 3.16, uh, for God so there, loved the world. There we go. Kind of <laughs> close, but it, it, it's the same idea. It's the gospel in a nutshell. Here it is, yeah. right? Uh, so 16.20 of Romans says, and mm. the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Mm-hmm. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Amen. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, Hebrews 2.14 Talks about how Christ has power even mm-hmm. uh, uh, even over death, but the enemy is the one who who brings that uh, death about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then twelve seventeen talks about war between the enemy and uh, between the mm-hmm. the serpent, the dragon, and the woman, yeah. which is the church. Mm-hmm. So it says, how is the plan of salvation as well as the great controversy revealed here in these texts? Well, we see it happening. We see that there is a plan, but we see. We, we actually got to see the fruition of that plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had to see it completed. We got yeah. to see Christ on the cross, yeah. raised from the dead, uh, ascend to heaven, who mm-hmm. is now even now our acting high priest. So he won. Absolutely. Uh, what he said was going to happen, happened. Mm-hmm. The enemy thought he won. He, he was able to crucify him. Mm-hmm. He was able to, and he thought he won at that moment, but yeah. no. Uh, continue the story, right? Exactly. And so Jesus wins in the end, and now it's mm-hmm. up to us in this great controversy which side do you choose? Yeah. You know, sometimes we say, well, it's not as easy as that. It actually is. Uh, it, we, and this we, thing, I guess we make it too complicated, Buster. We do. Yeah. Uh, because it's a decision not made with our mouth. Mm. It's not even made with our church attendance. Wow. It's made with our lives. It's made with our heads yeah. and with our hearts. It's made with our entire mm. beings. Yeah. Whose our side character. do you choose? Exactly. It's made, yeah. it's made with our character, which yeah. is the only thing we can bring with us to heaven. Mm. Our character and, well, other each other. <laughs> 
Well, our minds. That's why we have Southwestern Adventist University. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Influencing, influencing the minds, the minds. towards Christ. For Christ. Yes. yes. Absolutely. All right. So, Michael, bring us home with uh, Human Destiny. Yeah. So, Human Destiny. Wow. Um, there's a fancy uh, term that philosophers like to use, ontology, right? Mm. Or, you know, the, the what's the end purpose? What's the goal? Right. Um, and a more theological term, theodicy. Yes. Right. Where Where is this all headed? Um, and and um, we've been reminded of this great hope, the hope of a redeemer that's yet in the future at, at, at this point Correct. Of, of the story. But um, Adam and Eve, uh, they're removed from the garden. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this passage of Genesis three, it says that there is an one angel, cherubim, right? The fiery um, sword. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, yeah, that, that had to have been cool to see, right? Yeah, unless you're Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sounds sounds pretty cool. Yes. Um, and guards the way, and things have changed. They're gone from the garden, and life will forever be different um, until. The garden's restored until the earth's made new or renewed uh, and all of what that is and our destiny, Adam and Eve's destiny, rests in the fate of a savior. And like you said, we already we know the outcome of that, right. uh, but really that leaves our human destiny in our own hands in terms of what we choose to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of us have to live with that proverbial flaming sword. We can't go back on our own. We can't just choose and be translated, take me. <laughs> uh, we're, we're here. We're here in the midst of trials and turmoil and thorns and thistles and the sweat of our brow until that great and glorious day when when, when Christ comes and will make things, uh, renew things, make just, things new I just again. I had a, a strange thought, Michael. Okay. If the garden was still there and the flaming swords were still there, how many people would have been destroyed just trying to sneak in? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! All right, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's be glad that that. <laughs> yeah, I won't go down the rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, thinking new movie ideas here, yeah, exactly. movie scripts, uh, royalties to Buster Swoops. Yes, thank you, thank you. Contact yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, but 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 there is a hope. There is a gospel. There's a promise. And God's intents for each of us to experience that gospel fully restored and renewed in our lives. And, um, you know, I, we were just talking, we had this uh, NED Pastors Book Club, and we we're discussing Tim Mulehoff's uh, mm. new book yes. on on conflict uh-huh. and how do we deal with conflict. And, uh, I mean, there's different things that are important, relationships and communication and all of, of these kinds of things. But uh, my friend Nick Saddlemeyer, this one of our panelists, said, you know, the most important thing when you're dealing with conflict is to remember that we will be in heaven with that person, potentially by God's grace. Amen. For for all eternity. Prayerfully. For all eternity. So we have to, if we value other people, we have to value those people now because the reality is that God's intent for both them and me, us, is to be with him in together in all eternity, him Mm. or her in all eternity. And and so I think that should give us pause um, as we think about the lesson for this week. We know where sin came from. We know the serpent, all of this, but we're reminded of our human destiny. And um, I think that should give us pause uh, to recognize uh, both the value 
of what Jesus has done and exactly our value because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Yeah. You know, Michael, as, as you're saying that, um, I know we won't, well, I, I think we will see the tree of life again. We, we see that revelation, but we have a different route to get there. And yeah. that is through the yeah. blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. But that blood covers not only myself and my family, but it covers your family. Yeah. It covers the family of my enemy if they choose. Yeah. And my prayer should be that my enemy is there as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week, huh? I, I believe so. So this is uh, Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.